0: It's Sal Carpaccio. I make a special Carpaccio for you, right? Oh, now that sounds really good. Oh, you like?
1: Hey, get away. Get away from my wife with that. What's the matter, Carpaccio no good? What? What do you
0: do now? They don't like a Carpaccio. They like oh. oh. On WGR. I make a Capaccio for you. Sports Radio 550.
1: All right, welcome back. Sports Talk Saturday. We've got coverage of the 2021 NHL Draft, and we are getting you ready for training camp, which is just a few days away. And joining me now for a hot second on the Wester Hotline before he gets his coaching underway today is Sale Capaccio. Sale, good morning, and... um so, does Max team, so you're coaching, do you guys do, does the league do, like, they all play under Major League Baseball team names? So, like, you know, they might be the Red Sox, and another team might be, like, the Rangers, and they get to wear the gear and all that, or they just have, like, totally separate names?
2: So, it's half, it's kind of, it's yes, the answer is, but they don't go by the nicknames, they go by the city name. Oh, okay. But they do use the logo, so Max actually plays for Los Angeles. And he has an Angels cap, but they don't call him the Angels. They just call him Los Angeles.
1: Interesting, I. But you know that was sort of my favorite part of Little League baseball was sort of right. getting to rep the team. It, you
2: know, it yeah. makes you feel
1: like you know you're, you're 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 playing in the big leagues. It was fun. So you'll you'll have a lot of fun today. Thank you for joining me for a couple minutes here just to help me preview um, training camp, which is just in a few days. First and foremost, Sale. Um, want to start with you um, going into training camp. There's a lot of talk. Obviously, the the last few days have just been sort of a, a big distraction about you know. I don't want to call it infighting. It's not. In fighting. But there is back and forth on a very public forum between a player like Cole Beasley and Jerry Hughes, who are veterans in this league. I'm wondering what you believe, if any. The 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 Sean McDermott element of this whole thing is we haven't heard from the coach. We haven't heard from the GM. We've just been watching this sort of play out on social media. Uh, you know, as you get ready to get into training camp here, it's not at St. John Fisher. So it's, it's a little different. But I suspect that, you know, come day one when Sean McDermott gets his first media scrum, this is going to be a big topic of conversation for him. And, and I'm wondering, knowing that you've covered this team for a long time, you've covered Sean since he's gotten here, how little he's going to be enthused about discussing those things when we've got a first day of football ready to go?
2: Well, I think he knows it's going to happen, but, you know, this is something he's had to discuss now for several months. And, um, you know, I, thought he, I think he's handled it really well, but now we're at a different point, and we see the things that Cole Beasley has said and tweeted, and now we see, like you said, Jerry Hughes as well. Um, You know, and, and I think Sean, he'll be prepared for it. I'm not sure exactly what he's going to say. My guess would be knowing how he operates, that he's going to make sure that it's clear and he's going to send a message maybe even to his team through the media that says, no matter what your feelings, you still have a job to do, and we're going to all do our job together, and when it comes time, you can have an opinion about the vaccine or politics or whatever. But when it comes to playing football, we all got to be in the same team and pull in the same direction. I'm sure that in some way, shape or form, that's going to be his message to his team, probably be his message to the media and through the media to his team. Um, But I also would tell you that I'm sure that he, this is not something he would rather be dealing with right now Uh, or any team for that matter. You know, the little, the fewer distractions, the better for any team in the national football league. They want tight buttoned up ships And right now, um, this is something that a team that has Super Bowl aspirations that can creep in that he's going to have to manage and he's going to have to make sure that uh, things don't go awry. But I think that he's going to try and keep the focus on football for his players.
1: Uh, Sale, I do wonder what your overall thoughts are this week. I mean, listen, the reason that this sort of got drudged back up is the league's response um, this week, or really their announcement about how they're going to be handling the unvaccinated players, what the potential ramifications are. And this week you saw, listen, and this isn't just Cole Beasley. This isn't just players in Buffalo. You see DeAndre Hopkins. You see some of these big name NFL players kind of going out and talking about their displeasure with A, the league and their potential response to unvaccinated players but b there seems to be a little bit it, it, there's almost this underlying feeling that there's being some shots being taken at the NFLPA um and maybe their inability or their unwillingness to i I guess defend the players in this or defend the players from the league and how they're trying to address this overall what's your sense about how the players not just in buffalo but it, it across the league and into the NFL PA are going to handle how the league has very much not mandated people get vaccines. But let's be honest, Sal, they made it very difficult for players who aren't going to be vaccinated.
2: So, on the PA stuff first, number one, um, it's not even underlying. It is straight out, like, guys have taken shots at the PA. Um, Cole Beasley did when he wrote his thing uh, a couple months ago. Uh, we've had other players come out and basically blast them. And their issue is that the NFLPA is, it's a union. A union is supposed to protect the rights of all of its members. And they feel, many of these guys feel, that um, they're not doing that, that they're only protecting a certain um, a certain group, uh, the group that, you know, is fine with getting vaccinated or whatever. You know, so that's where that frustration is coming from. And that's right. Now we talk about the NFL has, they, they, they're walking a fine line here, but they have a lot of lawyers, and I'm sure they went through everything they can and can't do it without actually mandating the vaccine they haven't mandated it but they basically made it super duper tough on you if you don't want to get it and that's they're right and it's funny when a lot of those protocols came out the other day i had people tell me ah wait till the nflpa sees this well you don't think the nfl knew the nflpa wasn't going to have a problem with it they already they they can't do anything about it nfl wasn't going to put out a bunch of policies like this without running it by and knowing that the nflpa um either a knew about it or b couldn't do anything about it which they can't and then you know, the, the part about, for example, not being paid either team. If there's a breakout, yeah. and there's a, a game canceled, even the PA came out and said, well, yeah, that's what it was last year, too. We just never had that situation. So, we're you know, we're okay with it. This is what it is. You don't play. You don't get paid. So, yeah, this is, um, this is the NFL basically doing everything, going all the way to the edge of the cliff, doing everything possible they can without actually mandating it. But they're allowed to do it that way. It's their league, and they're running it. And so far, you know, the NFLPA has not fought back, and the NFL has really good lawyers to make sure that they are doing it so that the NFLPA can't fight back.
1: Sal, let's uh, transition a little bit and and talk a little bit of football, in particular training camp this week. There are several position battles I think we've all been – Hyper analyzing since what I mean April since the draft since we knew um, who the Bills were going to be adding to the roster from a rookie perspective. What do you think is the most intriguing you know training camp battle? Is it that left guard position? Is it cornerback two? Is it the running back position? Because I, I do think that I think a lot of people have sort of been focusing in on who's going to be the lead back, and and I'm not sure that's necessarily the right way to look at the running back situation because I think everyone's going to get a level of carries and what the lead back in this offense really gets volume wise is going to be. An interesting thing to see and how that plays out this year, but like, is there a position one more than another? Maybe you're 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 really zoning in on, and 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 as we move closer to training camp.
2: Well, first, I agree. The, the running back, to me, there's no running back battle because I agree. Not really, yeah, there's not a there's not a clear cut. There's not a guy that's going to be on the field all the time. The rules going to play. So, what's the battle really? You know, what I mean, the battle might be if Matt Burita can unseat one of these guys or something like that. There might be a battle there, but there's no running. There's no, running back one battle because there's not going to be a true running back one in this offense, basically. Um, so I don't see it that way. Um, I, I think cornerback two is super intriguing because of what we all, we've all seen from Dane Jackson. I, we want to see in preseason training camp, can Dane Jackson unseat Levi Wallace? Levi Wallace has had um, every contender come his way, and he's still holding the belt, right? I mean, like he, he, just, he comes up and he holds it over his head that he, he knocks down and wins and stays and keeps his, his intercontinental title basically every single time. And here comes Dane Jackson now. He's the next challenger. Can he take it away from him? Can he even, you know, rotate? The, the, the I, I do this isn't a starting spot, but the one that I'm super interested about is it's safety three. Mm. Um, if, if Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer miss any time, who's playing? Because it was Dean Marlowe who did a great job. He's gone. He's in Detroit. Now, they don't miss a lot of time. We know that. But it's possible they could. So I think that's a really interesting one, that battle. Plus, I'll also say, what, how does it all work with Diggs, Beasley, mm. Sanders, and Davis? Like, what are those snap counts? So I'm not looking those those as a quote-unquote battle. What I am looking about is there, there's got to be guys, though, who are going to have to, you know, deserve and show they deserve more reps and more talent. If you want to maybe give a battle for the bottom of the roster, I think the last wide receiver spot is going to be interesting, whether that's Isaiah McKenzie or Jay Kumaro or Duke Williams, Isaiah Hodges. I think that's a really good battle. It's not a starting spot. But hey, here we are talking about battles at the back end of the roster. That shows that your team is pretty good.
1: Sal, Last thing for you, uh, I'll, I want to move away from the NFL and ask you a hockey question. Uh, because yesterday, obviously, you know, you and you and I both, uh, although we 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 definitely veer towards football, I think both of us, um, you know, know and and are and and watch and know enough about hockey to be pretty surprised about the wrist Line and trade yesterday, particularly because. It's been something I think a lot of fans have been yearning for for the better part of three, four, maybe even five years now. It finally gets done, and Kevin Adams gets way more than I think anybody thought Risto Alinen was going to get in return. Just your your overall thoughts: the fact that the Sabers end up with a rostered player, a first and a second round pick for Rasmus Ristolainen.
2: Yeah, I'm stunned too. But you know, I, I always felt that this is the, I always felt that this was the reason why they protected Risto over Will Borgan, which was they knew they could get something. They knew they could get. Something in return for and so you know why leave him unprotected, and then he walks for free basically. So now, but to me, like even if even if a first rounder could be in the discussion, which I always felt that there's such a differing opinion on Ristolainen around the league. <clears throat> a lot of this comes down to analytics versus eye test, that kind of thing. And if there's a team, I, I I've always believed it, there's got to be a team out there that really likes him, likes his measurables, likes all you know the what the the physicality, whatever. So maybe they'll give you a late first round pick, but to get Fourteen overall, yeah. and a second round pick, and a rostered player, and now you're, you know, eliminating that salary as well. Yeah, I mean, I think they did a great job. Do we know the exact details on the Reinhardt trade? I woke up this morning. I had a flag football game I couldn't see. I know. Not, uh, I know the goalie wasn't involved. Yeah, not yet.
1: Yeah. Devin Levi and potentially a first round pick next year. I mean, that, the only thing that I've seen that has been widely reported is just the Devin Levi part of it, but. Other than that, there has um, there has no been some nothing. Talk, there is, has been some talk. It could be a potential uh, rostered forward as well. Yep. Uh, but we haven't really had a clue. It's it's interesting, sale that. The trade came down from, you know, the Draggers and the Freedmen's of the world, and yet we still don't have the actual details yeah. of the move. So we will uh, we will be bringing it to everyone that's listening as soon as that information is made available to us, and Paul Hamilton will be along for the way as well today as, long as, as well as Brayton. So, Sal, thank you so much for jumping on, helping me preview a little bit of training camp as we get closer and closer to that. We'll be uh, looking forward to your work and your coverage of training camp and uh, enjoy your game today, and uh, we'll talk soon, my friend.
2: Thank you, and I want to say um, best of luck to Owen Parker today, Bulldog's son. it um, yes. would be amazing. It would be amazing. Oh yeah, to see and hear his name called amongst the NHL draftees. It would be pretty special to uh, see that. And um, you know, I know he's on the radar, so to speak. So you know, we'll see if that happens. So I just want to throw out best of luck. You know, he's got a lot of a lot of people that would. That it would be a really, Absolutely. really great story for all of us in Buffalo, and especially at WGR. Yeah, I would great. I would it'd love it if it
1: happened while we were here on the show as well watching. Mm-hmm. It would be awesome. All right, Sal. Thank you so Take much, care. man. Enjoy. Sal Capaccio okay, there uh, on the Wester Hotline. A quick timeout. What do you got, Brayden? Uh, Elliot Freeman is reporting that there is potential trade activity between the Blue Jackets and the Flyers, and it could be involving Cam Atkinson and Ooh. Jacob Voracek. Oh. Voracek would be going back to Columbus. Oh. That's where Voracek, I believe, began his career. Yes, was in and Columbus. Atkinson is a very good player. He's very he's well healthy. known. He's a very well known player around here. When he's Jeremy healthy. would tell you that. Yeah, when, when he's healthy. All right, time out. Other side. We'll preview hour two. It's coming up next here on WGR.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.